0: welcome to the confluence cast presented by columbus underground we are a weekly columbus centric podcast focusing on the civics lifestyle entertainment and people of our city i'm your host tim fulton this week big cities have big city problems Columbus's newest school board member argues that the inequity of our schools shows that we certainly are a big city. Brandon Simmons, also the youngest school board member ever elected, is on a mission to face the challenges of the district head-on. In an interview two days after his first board meeting, we discussed the challenges that the district faces, the power and importance of public education, and how he navigated the city's political landscape to get into office. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with Brandon Simmons, the newly minted member of the Columbus Board of Education. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You, just two days ago, as of this recording, sat for your first uh, Columbus Board of Education meeting you are self-proclaimed the youngest member of the Columbus Board of Education that's yes. ever been seated, sworn in. How'd the meeting go?
1: Oh, thank you. Oh, I will say they, there's this board. So this and this will be um, there's this board policy 0148, which basically just says I'm supposed to communicate that all of these views and opinions are mine and not the entire board's. Okay. Um, which should, I imagine would have been assumed anyways. But sure.
0: Just, just you're to communicate. sticking with policy. Yes. I like it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, so how did it go?
1: It went really well. We were able to elect a new leadership team, which I have confidence in, and then I was able to successfully get an amendment off the floor for one of our um, our pieces of legislation on the agenda.
0: Okay. And you we were talking just before I started recording, you wanted to make sure that you came... And we will get into how did you get here, and what's your background, and what are your goals, but you talked about how you wanted to make sure that your first meeting was impactful. Yes. Talk to me more about that.
1: Um, what. Well, you know, when I think about the history of our, our district, you know, we've struggled. Um, our district has always been inequitable for a lot of people, especially our black students. But our district has really been on a 50 year long decline. Okay. Um, and it's been really painful. And so when I think about the next, you know, four to 10 years, the opportunity we have in the district, I really want us to seize on the momentum we have. I want us to use the levy that was passed as an opportunity to make the hard decisions rather than do what we normally do and avoid making the hard decisions. And so I felt like it was really important not to waste time and to come out of the gate and to be effective and to influence um, the policy in the way that I think is best for our students.
0: Is it fair? Well, I don't want to assign anything, right? But it it seemed as though outsider's perspective that your goal may have been a little bit to be like, I am not here as a placeholder. I am here to affect change.
1: Um, you know, so I will say I ran on being a radically different school board member than we had ever seen here in Columbus. Um, and I ran on really a, a different perspective of what the role of a school board is, um, a, a more a solution driven role, a, a role that is more about accountability and providing oversight and setting up um, the, our district for success. And so I definitely, you know, I'm not on the board to be a rubber stamp.
0: Okay. Great. What made you want to run in the first place?
1: Yeah. um, So, you know, I was like, I grew up on the hilltop with my grandparents. I went to Columbus Alternative High School. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we spent all of my sophomore year um, with, um, we spent all of my sophomore year just learning about civics. We had the Cause Civic Education Leadership Academy, which was actually um, taught by one of my colleagues now, Dr. Tina Pierce. Okay. So we spent the entire year just learning about civics. And at the end of that year, we said, well, you know, we should really take all these skills and put it towards a project. What should we do? Um, And so we decided, we looked around around the community, we thought about different things in Linden where cause is. And then we looked at Cause's building and we said, our building, our building is in really bad repair. And so we kind of said we should organize around our building, end up doing a community conversation night. I thought we'd be lucky if one, if maybe one media outlet and twenty community members showed up, we ended up getting I think every media outlet in Columbus, um, including Columbus Underground, mm-hmm. to come out, and um, maybe like a hundred community members, and it really showed me throughout that process. One, talking to the board members who came out, I very quickly learned they just did not have the capacity to move our district forward in the way I thought our students deserved. But I also learned that um, our community is interested in the district and they want to see the district do better. And I just quickly learned how powerful it is to use your voice and to advocate. For the entire year of advocacy, we were talking about buildings, I was told, Brandon, there's no more money, there's no more money, there's no more money, you have to wait for the next levy. Um, But I kept going down to board meetings, I kept sending out media releases, I kept getting media coverage, um, and then finally there was, or eventually there was $1.5 million. I was like, oh, I thought there was no more money. Um, It seems advocacy works, and then I just, we just kept going and going and going and going. Um, And that's really what motivated me to run for the board. I said to myself when I was a student, if I ever have the chance to run for the board, I think I can contribute and I think I can be impactful and I want to do it.
0: And so with the success of that campaign, uh, you've got some sort of win behind you. You've got some confidence there. You're still a sophomore in high school at this point, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, the campaign went over the course of maybe, I don't know, a year and a half or two years. Okay. So by the tail end of it. Um, you know, I, we ended up being awarded the $1.5 million, I think maybe the end of my junior year, so went on a couple more months doing more advocacy. And then when the pandemic started, that really kind of disrupted things. Okay. Um, so it was kind of more the the end of my, I guess my senior year that that all wrapped up.
0: Okay. Okay. And you, that was, again, talking right before we got on air, you graduated in 2020, Mm -hmm. you graduated online. Yes. Uh, and so then how did you start the process of running for school board?
1: Um, so you know, I thought about running, I actually thought about running in twenty nineteen when I was a student, and I okay. decided, you no, know, not not then. And then I thought about it in twenty-one. Um, but you know, one of the, the downsides of the pandemic is it was so hard to get people to pay attention to to local races. And mm-hmm. so I decided, well, there's only three seats on the ballot this year, you know, let's let's wait till till the next time. And so even before our teacher strike, I knew the national environment, everything happening with education, public education is under attack nationally. I knew that democratic activists would be paying more attention to school board races in Uh the next year. Um, and that's a lot of the people I was involved with as a student. And so I figured, okay, well, you know, I might be able to do this. People are interested in school board races now more than ever. And then we had our our first teacher strike. And I remember I was, um, away on a work trip in Philadelphia and I kind of thought to myself, like, oh, this is, this is, is is really bizarre that our our board is, um, the relationship has broken down so much that, you know, our board has determined it's, this is their best and final offer, is willing Mm -hmm. to walk away from the table. Um, And so after the strike, I knew that there'd be much more criticism of the board, and I I knew that there'd be a desire from local political people to make a change on our board.
0: And so did you end up going through like the Democratic Party system Mm -hmm. locally? Yes. and I oh, apologize so I for not no, knowing no, this. No. Like you were, you were endorsed.
1: I was. Yeah. So I was, I was also an intern when I was in high school. Um, cause, you know, on Wednesdays, students yep. go out to their internship.
0: This is my opportunity for a full disclosure. I also went to cause Columbus alternative mm-hmm. high school. So did uh, council president Harden, And so long line of, uh, as I call them, cosmonauts. Yes. Uh, in not, Pegasuses? It, not, not, <laughs> not Peg, not Pegasi, our, our mascot. um, Sorry, I cut you off from where we were
1: the um how, how did i yeah, go yeah, about right in the the democratic um, so the party structure i started having conversations about it um shortly after the strike with um you know some state rep adam miller who's my um one of my mentors and then i really started hitting the ground running the day after election day 2022 i went to the board of elections i pulled my petition school board here in columbus is 300 signatures um to put that in perspective the only thing higher is mayor or um some of our statewide offices yeah and so it's a, um for those who are not familiar with signatures if you have, you basically have to collect double the number you need. There's a lot of things that can disqualify signatures. So I knew I had to go out and get 600 signatures with all these crazy rules about what signatures were allowed or not. Um, But I just started organizing. I did the same thing that I did when I was a student. I started calling people I knew and saying, hey, I'm running, can you help me? Um, You know, I had one of my relatives take pictures for my website. I started putting my website together. um, And I really just spent, when you run for office, you have to make the rounds. You have to talk to all the important people, uh, as as they like to think, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And so I really started over the next of, just the next 3 or 4 months of meeting with people um and really having good conversations about my candid- my candidacy and then I got to April and April was really the hardest month of my campaign because I okay. got to the point where I had Um, introduced myself to everyone. People knew who I was. People knew what I was running on. They liked what they saw, but people really were not sold then, and I had to really leverage a lot of relationships to um, a lot of good validators to convince um, not just um, Democratic Party people, but also our our partners in labor that I was the right choice for the board, and then ended up screening with the Columbus Education Association, our teachers union, Mm -hmm. and waited. um, They have a longer process than some organizations, and so I ended up waiting three weeks to hear I'm back, and I am a person. And that worries if the sun's going to come up the next day. And so for those entire three weeks, I, I, I was just very worried. I knew that endorsement was so critical. It was the first big endorsement in the campaign. Um, and I remember I was getting ready to go to an event. I was getting dressed um, and I got the call from CEA that I had earned their endorsement. Mm. I was so excited. And that really gave me the momentum I needed to go into um, screening with the Columbus School Employees Association, our classified employees union, um, ended up earning their endorsement as well. And that led me to the position with um, walking into the county party screening, being in a very strong position, having our labor support. And even yeah. um, during all that, I had raised, I think by that point, oh, maybe 15 or $16,000. And okay. so, um, which was which is, you know, most candidates that run for school board in Columbus tend to raise around, I think, 10 or 12. 15 and 16 is the high end. And so I was already at that by the midpoint. Um, and that really allowed me to walk into the screening room in a very strong position with the party.
0: Okay. And so, sorry for this question, I guess. No, Did go ahead. 300 signatures, yes. raising a significant amount of money, mm-hmm. uh, a more, at least from my understanding, having talked to the council candidates, um, they really are looking for one endorsement, right? Mm-hmm. And there's trickle down from that. You were looking for a more rig- in a more rigorous endorsement process and then walked mm-hmm. into that Democratic Party mm-hmm. endorsement in a strong position. Yes. That's great. All that being said... You're walking into a position where you have, yes, more duties, but it's two meetings a month. You're compensated for attending those Mm -hmm. meetings. You're not given a salary, uh, correct? Based on my understanding.
1: uh, Any school board member in the state of Ohio will ever be paid is $5,000. A year? Yes.
0: Okay. So that's not a salary, No, (laughs) is (laughs) is my point. No, it is not. And, you know, uh, hearkening back to, like, uh, most city council members here don't have second jobs. I think Liz Brown attested that she was the first full-time city council person. Yes. Uh, All this to say, why?
1: Why? Like, why,
0: like... And I, and I hope I know the answer to it, but I want you to say in your own words, why do all this work above and beyond what other folks do for more uh, prestigious positions, more impactful positions, arguably, why did you go through all that?
1: You know, I would say, Public education is the most important service our government provides. Um, it's it's a social safety net. Public education is what determines whether a lot of our families eat or not. Um, I was at Champion Middle School today, and they have a store. That's, it's a sponsored partnership, but they have a store where students can get snacks, food to take home over the weekend. They can get mm-hmm. um, shampoo. They have a washer and dryer there. They will wash kids' clothes if, if they need it. And so it's much more than just education. Yes, the education itself is incredibly important, but even things like um Um, vision and hearing tests and and identifying those and, and, you know, um, you know, staff who are trained to spot children that may not be in safe homes. And so public education is such an incredible social safety net. And I really just, I reached the point where I was frustrated watching our board at the time squander opportunities for the district our district can be much better um, our district you know we can build a district where our students are exci- are proud to say they're Columbus City School students where our teachers and our, our custodians and our food service workers wake up and they feel good about coming to work our parents are happy to send their kids off to our schools um, you know Columbus City Schools is a story of policy decisions not just by our board you know we're impacted by things that happen um, in city hall we're mm-hmm. impacted by things that happen at the state house at the federal level but our district does not have to look the way it is. We can make changes. We do have choices, and I wanted to lead. Um, I wanted to, to to lead an idea around a board that was capable of doing that.
0: Talk to me about what actual. It seems to me again. This is an outsider's perspective, and it's someone. I was talking to my editor earlier about the fact that like we don't have dedicated coverage of the school board. Mm-hmm. I don't believe the dispatch has, they know, do have, they have coverage, but not dedicated no. coverage. Of and, the school know, board. I might
1: be wrong, but I think when I was in high school, the dispatch had a suburban K educa- a K 12 education reporter and a Columbus K 12 education sub- reporter. Correct. And I think at least at this moment in time, and I'm forgiving if I am wrong, I don't think there's any dedicated reporter for the school board.
0: That is correct. Uh, So I guess my, again, from an outsider's perspective, our perception is that the superintendent and that the administrator, the various administrators, and if you want to get into how that's structured, that's fine. I'm not well-educated enough to check you on it, Uh, but the perception is that you guys empower the superintendent to do their job. And while that is true, I guess what I'm curious about is what can the school board do other than approve contracts and uh, set certain policies in motion to truly affect change? Or is it through those things?
1: So I would say, you know, school boards are are really interesting um, organizations because they can do um, just... Not everything, no one can do everything they want, but school boards have um, a wide range of authority over what happens in the school district and they can voice those concerns. So in a lot of school boards right now, we're seeing um, you know Moms for Liberty candidates, far right candidates take over their boards and are really driving the agenda. Um, School, school boards can also do absolutely nothing, and they can just be a rubber stamp, and we've seen that from time to time here in Columbus. Our board somehow found a way to do a hybrid of both where we were way too involved in in the, the wrong areas okay. and then extremely hands-off in all the other areas. For me, it's, it's not an absolute either-or. It's about balancing how can we have a board that is – um, you know, allowing the administration to run the day-to-day operations of the district and execute on the vision that we know they're capable of, um, but also how can we have a board that is providing that robust accountability, that is solution-driven, that is, um, you know, leading the district in the direction our community wants us to go. And so there, there is th- those conflicting views of what what is actually the you know the legal authority of a school board is, is pretty clear. It's it's, it's wide ranging. It's broad, mm-hmm. but the political will or the desire of school board members is something that is not always the same.
0: Do you feel good about the current makeup of the board, both the people? It's interesting to note, right, that you guys, of the seven members, two of them are men, the Mm -hmm. other five are women. Uh, It is, as you said earlier, it's a minority-majority board. Uh, how do you feel about the current makeup and, and your colleagues there?
1: So I would say I'm, I'm very confident in the leadership team we elected this week. Um, it's something I was able to play a, a part in and helping facilitate. I'm very confident in the leadership team. Um, I'm excited to move forward with them. And I will say all of my colleagues. We all have the same values. You know, no one is going like you said. Collect all these signatures. Raise this money for for very little money you know people, you're passionate about right you know all of us care about public education and the district so none of us are, are there because um you know we, we don't care so we all have the same values it's just about how can we turn those values into policy into a direction for our administration that is going to actually deliver the student outcomes our community expects so i would say you know i, I feel good working with my colleagues because we all share those values
0: Talk to me a little bit more about your your current background. What's your day job? What you live on the hilltop still? What's what's that part of your stump?
1: Um, yeah, so you know, I was I was in college. So shortly after I graduated, I started at Columbus State, and okay. then um, I decided I, I decided well, you know, I'm going to take a, a, a semester off, and then a semester turned into two, which I was fine with because I was working full time, um, and then. I decided um, you know, I'm gonna run for office, and I knew I couldn't run for office, work full time, and um, and run for office, work full time, and go to school full time, and do all of those things well. Okay. So um, I took a semester, or I took a year off to run for office successfully, um, so I'm looking to um, restart at Columbus State this summer, and then Great. eventually transfer to Central State University. Um, I would say in my day job, I'm a, a growth marketing consultant. Okay. Um, I normally don't talk very much about that, just because it's not,
0: you're not looking to get jobs because of your elected office. Yeah, I get it.
1: Yes, no, no, yes. No, no. That's and that fair. and also um You know, as a young person running for office, you know, you're not running on your professional experience. You're running on your values, on your vision, on your youth, on your longevity, on your energy. And so it's always kind of felt. And and that's one way I was different than the typical candidate, too, because, um, you know, I I wasn't saying, oh, I've been director of this or I have this really prestigious degree or from this university. I was saying, you know, hey, I've been a student. I know what it's like to walk into the classroom every day. I see. I've been effective as a student activist and I have this vision for the district I think I can enact.
0: But you do see the argument that one could make that... some experience may lend itself a little bit better. absolutely! And
1: that's the great thing about having seven members is you don't, you you know, we often talk about diversity in terms of, um, you know, race, gender, sex, um, you know, national origin or all these, a a lot of really important things and those are so important conversations that should continue to happen but there's also diversity in terms of background. You know, we don't want seven people who, you know, it would be really bad if we had seven Brandon Simmons on the board who all had the same perspective. That wouldn't be good. You know, you want people who have different backgrounds. Um, You know, do I think people with my background should you know should we have seven on the board no but i also think you know i have a valuable perspective to contribute and i think i've demonstrated so far that i'm able to be effective on the board just in our first meeting
0: yeah and i guess I, please forgive me if this is too blunt of a question do you how do you think you are viewed on the board among your board oh, First ask asking the hard questions. Like the, oh, no, the question like the question is is I like, like <laughs> are, are, is it sort of like oh look there's brandon like um, that you're a novelty. I don't Ooh, view you as a novelty, given the... the
1: the really hard questions. Okay, um, but no, I I I, I like it because sometimes you do interviews and they kind of are like, "Well, just tell me about yourself." Right. It's like, <laughs> "Okay, give me an actual real question, please." Yeah. So I would say, um, you know, I, I'm in a, a really interesting position because um, I'm one of our few. Well, first of all, I'm the only Columbus. I'm the youngest Columbus elected official. I'm the only Gen Z Columbus elected official. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the youngest person ever elected to the board. I am um, one of our few elected officials in Columbus that have ran successfully against an incumbent and won the county party's endorsement over an incumbent. It's a very difficult thing to do to oust an incumbent anywhere in our political system across the country.
0: But, but especially, especially here. Yes, especially <laughs> here locally.
1: Um, and so I, I'm when I sit at the board table, I, I'm, I, I am there with a very unique set of qualities and background. I'd say, you know, some people find me just to be very honest, some people find me to be incredibly refreshing and are um, happy to see the dynamic I'm bringing to the board. Some people are maybe not sure. And then other people maybe um, have somehow found a way to be simultaneously intimidated by my political skills and that I was able to accomplish this and that I, I was able to um, to win the endorsement over one of their colleagues or, or one of our board members. Um, but also at the same time, don't really understand that I know what I'm doing and so it's a really interesting duality to have people who have uh, maybe decided they're in competition with you and I don't feel as if I'm in competition with them or have maybe decided that I don't know what I'm doing but also you know I wouldn't be sitting at the table if I didn't know what I was doing Um, I wouldn't have gotten a contract pulled off the agenda if I didn't know what I was doing I wouldn't have gotten an amendment off the floor if I didn't know what I was doing so it's a it's a really interesting duality. And I think as I get to know my colleagues more, we will develop a better relationship and a working relationship. And I look forward to that.
0: What is this natural sense of both politicking, also, it seems to me, Robert's Rules of Order a bit. And like, <laughs> oh, did because you watch the
1: board meeting? <laughs> no, I didn't watch the <laughs> oh, board okay. meeting. But
0: you, I mean, you are trumpeting. I got an amendment put on. I got a contract <laughs> yeah. pulled. Yeah, I actually did the job yeah. first I, yes. day and, you there. you
1: know, I, I said to... um
0: what is, what's the skill set you think you're, other than I bring a diverse person, like what's the actual skill set? Um,
1: you know, I would say I lead with, one, I have a good understanding of the, our policies. Um, you know, I've been reading through our, our board policies, our bylaws, um, you know, even before our first board meeting, I read through my copies of Robert's Rules of Order to make sure I understood what the rules were, uh-huh. Um really weird when you sit at a table and you understand it a, a lot better than maybe some other folks. Um, it can make conversations a little bit more difficult when I'm following the Robert's rules, but maybe other people aren't. Yeah. Um, and then I would say, you know, I lead with values and I lead with vision. I don't lead with, um, you know, this is what I think is best. I I really lead with, are we making the investment in our students? Are we following our policies? Um, and if not, what's the message we're sending? Mm -hmm. And when you lead with that, it's really hard to discount your efforts.
0: Have you started thinking about, you've got four years to Mm -hmm. lead. Uh, have you started thinking about what the, again and you're two days out from your Mm -hmm. first actual meeting yes (laughs) uh what's next
1: um you know, so I would say when I ran for the board, a lot of people, you know, one thing I didn't do is say, oh, I'm going to fix all these problems. That's something I didn't do. Okay. Um, I also didn't say, well, I think I can help in this one small area or this other area. I said, I have a vision for the district. And so for me, the mission is to accomplish the district. Um, you know, I want our district to grow again. I want us to offer more quality services. I want us to be more equitable. I want us to have a smaller building footprint than we do right now. Um, and, you know, all those things are going to increase our student outcomes. And so for me, it's really just about accomplishing that vision for the district. Um, you know, people always ask, you know, what, what are you going to do next? What are you going to yeah. run for next? I was about um, to
0: call you out for not answering right. the question. No, <laughs> no.
1: Um, you know, and I can say I have I have absolutely no idea um, okay. what's next other than, um, you know, work hard with my colleagues over the next four years to deliver results for our students. That's I, fair. I, I, I really don't know.
0: That's fair. I end every interview with the same two questions. I ask what do you think Central Ohio is doing well and what do you think it's not doing so well?
1: You know, so I'm going to answer what we're not doing so well. And and this is something I've started to communicate to a lot of um stakeholders here in Columbus. The success of our city cannot be disconnected. I let me rephrase. The success of our city can no longer be disconnected from the outcome in our school district. Um, You know, for too long now, we've had a successful city and we haven't had a district that's met our expectations for a variety of different reasons, right? And so, you know, the case I've been making to policymakers, decision makers, is that um, those pieces have to be reconnected. We have to have, in order to have a successful city, we have to have um, a successful school district. I would say one of the things you're starting to hear a lot is, you know, Columbus is a big city. We're a big city now. Um, And I like to remind people that, well, the most urban thing about this city, the most big city thing about this city is our school district, it's Mm -hmm. the legacy. Of um, uh, of disinvestment, of um, segregation, of deseg busing—that's the most urban thing about our school district. I, I will say, I think what we're doing well is our politics are changing. I would not have one in 2021. I would not okay. have one in 2019. I would even if I was older. You know, I would have one in 2017. And so, I would say our politics have become much more open-minded. But mm. it's still a matter of are you able to communicate your message with your values and your vision and your story of self.
0: Do you think,
1: and it's changing for the better, I will say.
0: Do you think there was, there would be, again, we had 12 Columbus city council candidates, two of them, two of the three that were not elected did actually attempt to go through the process of getting endorsed by the party. Uh, And so I guess the, um, the maybe compliment I'm making to you, but also the challenge I have for you is those stories and that narrative and the uh, capacity and capability of those candidates that they have Mm -hmm. is being communicated to a pretty small group. Yes. Yes. Right. And you Mm -hmm. were able to navigate that system Mm -hmm. and that's great. Um, But I guess I'm trying to gut check you a little bit on it's open and like that. uh, Yes, they're open to you coming in, but you still are communicating to a cloistered group of people. Mm -hmm.
1: I think, you know, for someone like myself who interned with the state party who, you know, at the time the state party and the county party were in the same building. So I got to Mm -hmm. spend some time um, with the with the county party. And so I got to meet some people and I interned at the state house with my state representative. um, And, you know, there were other there were a lot of different political people that I knew or at least knew of me. So I think someone like me who is maybe not starting from from zero is in a much better position than other people. Um, I will also say there's always more change to be done and it is it's changing but it's not the change isn't finished yet i think
0: that's fair brandon thanks for your time thank you thank you for listening to the confluence cast presented by columbus underground again you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite advocate. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week.